This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. We're joined by show contributor Jerry Mayer Judson, and we're going to talk about, uh, not about housing, we're going to talk about the other issue that we spent a lot of time uh, discussing and debating, that of course is wait times and walk-in clinics. Mm-hmm, the healthcare situation. So uh, this company called Medimap, who they broadcast, I think it's 70% of walk-in clinics give them their wait time data. Mm-hmm. I've used this service many a time back home in Alberta to really? see kind of, yeah, to see where, I would always go to Medimap first to see which walk-in clinic I should go to, which has a lesser wait time. Really? So you basically would just go to their site and they would tell you, oh, really? Yes. So you put where you are, right? So you could kind of shop around a little bit, which is kind of abysmal, but it's a bummer bummer that that you need the service, but it's good that the service exists. So you can kind of do a cost benefit to your time that day. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Um, But they published the wait times at clinics for across the country, at least in the provinces they collect data from, Mm -hmm. for 20 2023. And so let me hit you with some stats. In 2023, the average wait time across Canada to see a doctor in a walk-in clinic was 68 minutes. So on average, you are in there for just over an hour before you are seen by a physician. But if you want to know what it was last year, 37 minutes. So that's an Whoa. increase of half an hour. So we're it's it's it looks kind of abysmal this year. And I was I was my interest was peaked, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because that's that's like almost double. And uh, the worst defender, three years running, beautiful British Columbia. So our average wait time is actually ninety three minutes. You're waiting there for an hour and a half if you can get into a walk in clinic to begin with. Uh, and I think that a lot of that would have to do with just eight hundred thousand people with no family doctor. Yeah. You add in was it. Uh, Adrian Dix is joining us not too long ago. About 300,000 new MSP users just signed up with our provincial healthcare system over the last two years. And then you have an aging population as well in this province. Uh, yeah, it's uh, 93 minutes. Wow. 93 minutes. And actually, that's cool that you, you addressed all of the kind of demand side issues because, mm-hmm. yes, we have more people, aging population, and an influx of folks. But uh, I was curious, right? There has to be also supply side issues as to why this is happening in terms of just amount of doctors and what's going on there. So I talked with Thomas Jankowski. He is the CEO of Medimap, and he had some answers for the sort of supply side question. There's a number of contributing factors here. On the supply side, so when you think about doctors, at the higher end of the demographic curve, so when you think about these aging doctors sort of hitting 60, A, there's a lot of them, but they're also retiring early in some cases because they're really tired of what's been happening in the healthcare system for the past few years. And on the lower end of that curve, you have young residents who typically, after they finish, you know, a decade of healthcare education, they would go into a family practice or a walk-in clinic, except now they're sidestepping that problem because they're seeing how bad it is, how long the hours are, how unimpressive the pay is, and how burnt out all their colleagues are. So they're going somewhere else. And then, of course, in some places, uh, most notably BC, um, you have doctors right now who are almost compensated better for not 
doing um, walk-in visits anymore. So they're choosing to quite often shut down their walk-in clinics and convert them into medical clinics to take advantage of a different pay model. I was very curious about the British Columbia incentives for general practitioners. So this is actually kind of choking one part of the system to um, supply another part of the system. So it's exacerbating the walk-in problem while it's trying to solve the family doctor problem. Is that correct? 100%, yeah. And what's interesting is I, th- I think it's really well-intentioned and there's no doubt that it will improve the quality of care for a lot of BC residents. The issue I have with that change, though, is that quality of care has never really been a Canadian problem. So improving that faster at a time where it's the quantity of care, if you will, is suffering so much, I think has you know a lot of people sort of scratching their heads. In, in Ontario, they're performing much better in terms of walk-in clinic wait times. So, like, do you know what Ontario is doing well that British Columbia is not doing well? So the main thing that I think really improved Ontario's results is the fact that Ontario has rolled out an increased scope of practice for its pharmacists all the way back in January of last year. I think I, I glanced at this data in December and I saw that in the first year alone that it was offered, something like 70,000 visits were solved through pharmacists, which then didn't have to go to walk-ins or ERs, which really helped. And BC is doing something similar right now as well, but they are not as far along as Ontario is. So I think you know we might see some positive effects of that change um, hit your wait times in 2024. With the situation with walk-in clinics in BC being what it is, do you think that this also means that people are foregoing maybe walk-in clinics in favor of going to the ER? Uh, Yeah, 100%. Uh, We see this in places where we monitor also ER wait times. Now, it's not something we publish um, or, or get at scale. So I won't speak to those exact numbers, but anecdotally, any place where we see walk-ins close doors or get even converted into medical clinics immediately sees an increase in ER wait times. So, you know, we can all draw those parallels very quickly and see what's happening. And it's really unfortunate because when you think about it, you're actually creating a worse problem by doing that because A, you are retraining people in their, I guess, somewhat erroneous thinking that oh, if there's anything wrong with me, I should just go to ER. Well, no, there are far better choices. And, you know, you could probably have your problems solved for much faster by going somewhere else. But um, this is what it trains people to do. But also at the same time, when you look at the part of healthcare that nobody wants to think about, ER visits are incredibly costly for the system. Like we're talking three to four hundred bucks every single time you walk through that revolving door. Whereas a visit to a walk-in clinic is about 30 bucks. So, you know, if you're closing a clinic because, you know, and they're, and they're closing doors because they're not compensated enough, but those same people will go somewhere where it costs the system and therefore the government and therefore as a taxpayers 10 times as much for the person with the same symptom to receive care, um, you know, but they have to wait 20 hours as opposed to one or three hours. I mean, this is not going in the right direction at all. None of none of the provinces are doing well. Like, I mean, I mean, we can talk about BC with 93 minutes and everything, but in the end of the day, I don't think anybody's saying 
yeah, you know, Newfoundland's doing better or Ontario's yeah, that the only, much better. The only province that I saw that had to decrease was by 11 minutes, and that was Nova Scotia, which is, so in Halifax is the city, and they there was 46 minutes that you have to wait. as if, So they, they are the only province that uh, was being monitored that technically did better. Technically, but, okay. Technically. <laughs> but I, I, I'm just wondering if they, I mean, all provinces, I guess, are growing, but I don't know if they're growing like BC is. That's, that's the that, thing. That's the thing, right? And uh, you can talk about, oh, we're going to reduce immigration after the next election if Mr. Paul Yep gets in. He's not going to reduce immigration by that much. Maybe some international students, maybe they'll cut it back a little bit. He keeps saying we're going to have more economic immigrants, which every opposition leader says when they're running federally. Sure. And and, and that's, that's part of it. We need to do, we need to really focus on who we uh, invite to this country. Because unless I, we all keep having a bunch of babies, which we're not doing, happen. like no, the economy no. cannot grow without the influx of immigration that we're seeing. Oh, the numbers are staggering. If uh, if we didn't have immigration, there'd be who's going to pay for the system? Like mm-hmm. I said, it's 40 cents of every dollar you pay in taxes. Minimum, 40, 40 cents to about 41 cents uh, is healthcare. And like I said, it's, it's the ministry that nobody cuts. Doesn't matter what government it is, number one. And number two, as it continues to grow, as someone joked with me the other day, it's the ministry that's eating government, right? It just yeah, keeps growing, growing. Absolutely. But, you know, that's one thing we all uh, can agree on as Canadians uh, is healthcare. So there you go. Jerry, thank you. Thank you.